Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. They can never do it like I. When you see man pull up and slide, man stepped in a room with legends, Rio and Steve, you know it's a vibe. Check the podcast, what you want to know? Don't ask me, go and ask Joe. If you're talking Premier League, he's on the front line, and I gotta go. Oh. It's a vibe with five, vibe with five, and you already know what it is. It's a vibe with five, vibe with five, and you already know what it is. Vibe with five, vibe with five, and you already know what it is. It's a vibe with five, vibe with five, and you already know this. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of Vibe with Five. You got here myself, Joel Bayer, Stephen Halson, Rio Ferdinand, and we got a special guest today, man. The man who put Man United in the dirt yesterday from Newcastle himself. Mr. Jacob Murphy, how you doing, man? Let's give him a round of applause, man. Fantastic <laughs> performance yesterday. Fantastic performance. I, I enjoyed every single bit of it. But yeah, no, thank you for joining us. Stephen Housen was just buzzing to have you on. Uh, Rio, I'll let you kick off with uh, some of the questions because it was a tough one yesterday for United. Yeah, I, I was saying to, to the guys before when we came on that I, I knew this would be a tough game. I think my United players didn't grasp that Going to St. James's is a big, big test for all teams, especially the way these guys are playing. All the way down the years, it's been a test. But the the, the Newcastle players grasped that this game is about getting into the top four. And if you're going to come to our house, you're going to have to outwork us. And Man United's players didn't turn up in that department. And I think you guys, your team, you can let us know, Murph, in a bit more deeper detail. But... We saw, when you hear some of the United players, or I think it was Luke Shaw talking about a lack of commitment, um, a lack of desire, a lack of like, energy, um, all the ingredients needed before you even talk about skill, they didn't possess on the day. Um, and you guys didn't. To be fair to you guys, under Eddie Howe, you bring that every single week. And that's one of the things I respect about your team. And I think no one more than, any, than, than you epitomise that. Um, I'll, before you speak, I'm going to give him his flowers before he speaks. I've known... <laughs> since he was a kid at Norwich coming through and he hasn't had the easiest most perfect uh, route to the top and playing in the Premier League but what I have noticed is a resilience and a mental strength that a lot of young players can take a lot of kind of information from and understand that it's not all going to be rosy there's going to be bumps in the road on the way to get into the Premier League and you've got to be able to withstand that and we've had chats over the years with his mum and his dad his family his brother himself um, where it's going a little bit left and he's thinking is this the right place for me but I mean his commitment to training his commitment to extras his commitment to understanding the game his commitment to the club can never be questioned and I think you see that in his performances every time he comes on that pitch he impacts the game in a positive way and that is a lot of it is down to hard work not just physically getting himself right but mentally um, I have to say one of the best kids I've worked with in that sense because as I said I'll repeat, repeat myself it hasn't been the easiest the most straightforward route to play in a club like Newcastle especially in this transition now with all of the money and attention that's come in there he's still playing his part so well done cheers Rio uh, give me your bank details I'll send you some money <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Listen, tell me how yesterday. How did yesterday go, man? How, how, did, how did it pan out? Did you feel before the game that you could win this game? Was it a game you thought, you know what, this is us, we, we can do them easy? Well, we knew, obviously, we're not going to do Man United easy. Um, but there was quite a few things, you know, the the cup final, they had that uh, that on us. Um, so, yeah, we had to, you know, somehow get revenge on that. Um you know, comments in the media um, leading up to it about our playing style, etc. Um, so yeah, there was lots of lots of motivation going into the game, and then yeah, once we started um, from the first, from the first moment, and we just knew you could you could just smell it. The fans, the fans were right on it as well. Um, it's been one of the best experiences so far this season, um, and yeah, it was a good day. Was, well, you know, you know when you you, you get into the game, is it, do, do you smell it? Sometimes you smell that a team ain't up for it. Like, what what is that smell? What what are, what are the signs for you? Is it a tackle? Is it people that don't look sharp? They don't not get into the ball. Their, their head, their body language. What is it that you see that you go right? Oh, this is us today. We're on this today compared to them. Um, usually from like a, a regain. So when we start um, start our press off from you know their goal kick or whatever, and yeah, their, their first goal kick and the hair was taking a while. And I was like, oh, this is a bit unusual for them, you know, start playing out quick. And then he was, he was taking his time with it. He ended up then um, asking everyone to go up the field and they kicked it long. So I was thinking, okay, now let's see how, how the next goal kick goes. And yeah, they've just taken a while and lots of people point in and now oh, you go here, you go there. Um, so yeah, I thought I, I could sense that from that. Uh, yeah, we were gonna we were gonna have a good a good game from there. Mm. Jacob, you said that um, you heard some stuff in the media here and there, and you're being a little bit coy. What did you hear specifically? Let's not act like you didn't give it this. <laughs> All right, talk to us, man. Um, just stuff about us being time wasters and um, being annoying to play against. And yeah, we are we are annoying to play against. We're we're full throttle. Um, you know, we're a high-intensity team. So, you know, in that sense, yeah, we're annoying to play against. But, um, you know, time-wasting and um, things like that, that, that didn't sit right um, with me and, you know, some of the boys um, in the team because that's not that's not what we do. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to... We Dave, wanted to I, I, I think from, from a Man United point of view, I was the most disappointed, but it just looked... There was a lack of motivation. Like you say, you guys had a motivation because of the, you lost in the cup final, because of the murmurings you'd heard in the media, you're using things as fuel, as motivation. And to finish in the top four, that's got to be your biggest motivation. And it just disappointed me. I don't know about you, Steve. That was one of my biggest disappointments, the, a lack of motivation throughout the team today. They didn't, they didn't smell where they are in the season. This is the business end now, and there weren't that smelling salts that you'd see before a game to go, right, we know where we are. We know what's required. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I'll say nice one for, for Jacob for coming on because obviously we couldn't get hold of him after the cup final. Um, <laughs> on, on the time-wasting thing, Newcastle played the fewest amount of minutes in the Premier League. Your games are actually the longest at nearly 99 minutes and, and you've only played 51 minutes. Therefore, you might say you're full throttle, but you're not full throttle. <laughs> and that's undisputable. However, I've got to give you some props yesterday. I got no complaints about the result yesterday. It, it honestly could have been a lot more than it was at 2-0. Mm. You out-battled, you out-fought, you out-worked. 
Um, and you know, credit to Newcastle and the players yesterday because that's exactly what you went and did. You was in United's face. You didn't let them play. You, you know, how many times did we see three, four, five men in the box every single time you was getting into the final third? And and United had just a back four, or or there was, a, I think, for the first goal, Delos on his own at the back post, oh, where his three players three, around him. Three of them around him. Not good enough. So you know, I will say yesterday definitely full throttle. But the you know, we all saw. But the um, the time wasting things got some merit to it at least. <laughs> <laughs> We're charging around that much. I think sometimes, sometimes you need a little breather in that. Can't sprint for ninety minutes. Ja- ja- <laughs> Jacob, Jacob, is 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 that you though? Does, does that game? I see your manager's comments saying that that that, that game epitomises what he wants from his team. That hundred mile an hour, full throttle, aggressive on the front foot team, and being really good in transitions. Is that what you guys? Is that what you you look for? You train for every single day of the week. Yeah, I think we're we're a super fit group of uh, group of players, and you know the intensity in training and stuff. Um, we know we'll we'll run whatever team off the park. Um, so that's always a good confidence boost going into any game. So yeah, we just that's part of our DNA: um, the intensity, um, controlled aggression. Um, yeah, it's a hundred miles an hour. Um, on the press and stuff, but it's with thought. Um, everything is with a purpose, with an intention that we're going to regain it here, there, wherever it may be. Um, so everything is very structured and very detailed. Well, are you, are you are you are you guys talking about in your change room now? Are you as players with the management, etc.? Are you guys talking about Champions League qualification? Yes, yeah, conversations have been had and. That's that's what we're looking at. We've now got, I think, 10, 10 more to go. And you can see it. You can see it in the distance, but we still have you know, 30 points up for grabs. And we have to go into every game with the respect it deserves to gain them points and go where, where we can go because, you know, the journey that the club's on at the moment, we didn't expect to be where we were um, right now. And now that we are, we have to believe. And we had Alan Shearer come in just before um, the final, and he was he was talking about belief. And I think that's um, that's a word that this team's been starved of for uh, for quite a while. He done a good uh, job job then before the final, didn't he? Bloody oh well. Was he coming into the season anyway? Um, but <laughs> getting the belief that's a, that's a big word. I think that needs to be um, drilled home to, to the lads more often um, that we can achieve things because I think we're showing we're showing the, the right things um, and the, yes having belief Jacob what's, what's, the, what's the feeling like what's the feeling like in the city I mean because I know what it's like to go there and play when your team's on song when you're Alan Shearer and the like were there um, what is it like when you're there because that energy man I mean as an away player I felt it but to be a home player you was at you're a Newcastle supporter we've got to get the picture up by the way of you and your twin brother Josh yeah. but you're a Newcastle supporter for, from a, from as a young kid, not many people might know that, but you are. What is the energy like now? I can fit in the city when you're walking around this buzz. It must be a huge buzz. The the buzz is the best it's been for a long while. Even even before what's happened now, um, you know, wherever you went, you know, Geordie's everywhere coming up to you asking you about football. Um, always wishing the best for you, but now it's it's ten times that. Um, you know. Every day at the training ground, you know, there's 
heaps and heaps of fans um, waiting to get all cross pictures. Yeah, a few vloggers as well. Um, but before there wasn't that that sort of demand, but now every day, um, you know, the the love, the love for the team, it's um, yeah, times ten. Three of us going for two positions. How do you think it's going to shake out? I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to say about. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just see. We'll leave it. We'll leave the leave it on the pitch. And I, I, know, I know. I know. You can't answer those questions like that. I want to just give people a little bit of insight. I mentioned before we introduced you about your your mindset and your mental strength through thick and thin to get to this point. Can you just enlighten a few people as to like how difficult on the journey you've been on? and what you've had to lean on to be able to stay with it and stay in the game to get to the point where you are now, please, Jacob? Uh, yeah, yeah, it has been difficult. Um, let's see, I signed for Newcastle six, six years ago now, I think. And, yeah, it was just restricted to um, minutes off the bench and stuff and had to go out and loan a few times and then found myself at Sheffield Wednesday, which was an unbelievable loan for me. But halfway through that season, you know, found myself at a crossroads. I was like, hmm, I'm either going to get let go um, at the end of this season by Newcastle or I need to change something and, you know, revive my career. And had great chats with uh, Gary Monk, um, you know, found it unbelievable working under him. And it was it was a mentality switch, and you know they talk about that you know that eureka moment and that that light bulb switch and something just yeah switched in me. Um, I just changed everything. Started reading books. I was more focused on what I was eating, um, gymming more often. I've always loved doing my extras, so uh, extra finishing, crossing, and stuff, but then dialing in the detail of that. And uh, then in the second half of the season at Sheffield Wednesday, that's then when I really started to get the confidence again and get back to the, the player that once got bought by Newcastle all them years ago. And then come back to Newcastle um, with all that new new knowledge that I'd gained. Um, and then, yeah, just tapped the hell out of it. And I've not looked back since then. Mm. I just want to look at your individual performances, Jacob. When you, Once you've started, it's not just about you. The whole team's done well, of course, this season. But, you know, great results. Uh, you When you started, you started against Brentford, good results. Obviously, against United with the 0-0 draw. Uh, big results against Everton, uh, Wolves, Forest. You've, you've started, you've not started. But every time you come on, we were talking about this offline, it's like there's lots of effort and belief, man. Is that something that you gain from being out on loan and you as you've improved as a player? Or is it something that, you know, Eddie Howell has brought into the Eddie Howell has brought into the team, you know, like galvanize the team together, etc.? It's a combination of all of it. Um, I'm a big believer that whatever minutes you're playing or whatever you're doing, like your circumstances is within the squad, you have to add value. What value am I giving? If I'm coming on for two minutes, I need to add value. If I'm starting the game, I need to add value. So that's how I like to see it. Um, so yeah, it's just contributing um, positively in every aspect. And I think that's something that everyone has bought into. Um, there's the 
there's a feeling that no one wants to let anyone down. You don't want to let your teammates down. You don't want to let Gaffer down. You don't want to let the owners, the fans down. And that's, yeah, that's something that Eddie definitely has instilled in us. And, you know, you're, you're seeing just how everyone, everyone's chipping in together. Everyone knows their role and they, yeah, everyone, all the, all the puzzle, all the puzzle pieces fit, you know? No. Who's you found to be the toughest opponent that you faced this season as a team or individually? Um, as a team, Arsenal. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Say, say that again for those who didn't why? hear at the back. Who is the toughest team you faced this season, Jacob? And tell them why as well. Arsenal. I think Arteta's done a, a brilliant job. He's made some really clever signings in the summer as well. Mm. Um Technically, they're, they're, I think they're superior to a lot of teams, um, but tactically, you know, it's it, it's hard it's hard to get anywhere near them. It's hard to lock down their their shape. Um, you know, it was it was tough playing against uh, Zinchenko. Um, I think he slipped three passes right between me and Sean in the space of fifteen minutes, um, where the the ball there was there was, he had no right to put the ball where he did. And he was getting it through gaps like this, and you know you think you're you're in a good defensive shape, and he's still picking off passes like that. Um, obviously, Saka deadly, um, Martinelli frightening also. And uh, individually, individual. Um, what in terms of this season or just that um, Arsenal? I say this season. We, this we're season, top, we're tops. We know we're tops. Yeah, this <laughs> um. Individually, um, always find it hard against uh, Rico Henry of Brentford. Okay, I think, I think he's top. Yeah, intelligent, quick, strong. So yeah, he, yeah, he gives he, he gives me a, a tough time. What not Luke Shaw? No. Have <laughs> you emptied he's your quali- he's, qu- he's quality, but he's sick. He's sick. I rate him. He is. He is. I've seen a. a- a video or an interview with uh, with the gaffer talking about some of the changes that he's implemented. One of them being the extended the change room. Is this at the stadium or the training ground to include some sort of uh, meeting room or analysis? Is that correct? Yeah, he's done that. They've got that at the the training ground now, and then they've also done that um, in the dressing room um, at the stadium, and then we've then got a, a new uh, a new part of the dressing room, which will. Get us out of the dressing room um, when we're doing um, talking tactics and stuff like that. Just a, a change of scenery, and you know, actually, it gets you more more dialed in instead of just sitting there fooling around with your strappings and your boots and stuff. You're in a separate room, and you can really concentrate on the detail that's getting given. What other stuff has he implemented like that? Because I, I get the impression he's a bit heavy on the details, Eddie. Yeah, we've um, got new meeting rooms. Um, We've got uh, new new dining. Well, we've had a massive revamp of the of the training ground. Um, so a new dining room, new um, chill area. We've now got um, loads of tech ball arenas and stuff, just to get the cohesion um, there at all times. So, yeah. What's the biggest thing for you out of all of those that you find yourself drawn to, or the thing that's helped you the most with the new regime? Um, well, we've got a new gym. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that 
that's been good for me. Um, I mean, I don't don't use the the other stuff um, as much as what the other lads use, but uh, just gym and uh, re new recovery facilities. I have to say, I, I, I respect what Addy Howe's doing there. The new owners, the the fan base is crazy. They they um. They're not warm to me anymore after a couple of comments. I was tongue in cheek that I made tongue in cheek comments about them ages ago. Um, but I actually love the Newcastle fans and, and the way they support their team is phenomenal. So when I come up the next time, guys, give me a bit of love, man. Um, you shouldn't be all hate. But uh, listen, if, if there's any club that I sit there and go, you know what, I'd love to see them do well because I know what it means to the city, to the people, and the way that they'll support that club, it would be Newcastle. So good luck, man. Well, that's it. Thank you very much for uh, doing what you did yesterday. Uh, I'm sure there'll be many, many more results to come like yeah. that. Uh, and obviously, thanks for giving my team the props. I think we deserve it. Uh, obviously, it's, you played the champions, isn't it? But um, yeah, we'll have you on again soon. Massive shout out to you and uh, Jamie as well for hooking this up. Big ups to you and your global every time. Have a good one. You, you deserve you. the thanks recovery. Thanks for having me. I, I really like him. I really do. Um Nah, he's really good, man. Why today? I know. But you know what? Though? I've got to be honest with you. I did speak about this before, but like his, his mental strength, bro. He, the, way, the way, like, he was on his way out of Newcastle. Mm. But he, 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 a lot of players, when they don't get picked or they get put out alone and they don't see that their face might not fit a little bit at a club, they just want to get out. They want to go, get me out. And that's right if for some people that feels right. But this kid, he just dug his heels in and said, no, nah, man, this is my club. I love it here. I love the fans. I'm a supporter. I need to give it every chance it, it, it needs to make myself a success here. And new managers come in and he just bought into the regime and the kid works hard, man. And I mean, that's all you can ask for. And again, go back to the performance yesterday at United. I just want to seize the moment, man. It's the moment. It's, it's top four. Like, take the opportunity. Understand what is there. What's the requirements for you, man? It just, just don't make sense, man. And that's what I was so disappointed about yesterday, man. When I look at that game and you see it, if David De Gea don't play, we're bang in trouble. It's probably five or six. Rio, I, I echo your sentiments. I mean, they've been on holiday practically since the Carabao Cup final. Literally. Yeah, yeah it, it seems like they've won the Carabao Cup and it's just gone, we've down tools, guys. We've done enough. That's what it feels mm. like. And I think they've got to get out of this rut. They've got, Luke Shaw mentioned they had a meeting with a team after the game. They need to be, they need to be strangling each other. And it needs to be some pushing and shoving, some up in people's faces, like phlegm flying everywhere. Like, mm. in, so people understand that this, this is this is the serious business end of the season, man. There's trophies being handed out. There's positions we're fighting for it. So that's just, it was disheartening to see that because I thought that mentally they'd got beyond this uh, since 10 card came in. But obviously we saw, remember the Brentford game earlier in the season, we thought we kind of eradicated that type of feeling w within the squad. And I hope this is, it's not going to rear its head again. Steve, um, look away now. Man United haven't won or scored a single goal in the league, conceding nine since the Carabao Cup final. It's two games. That's, a, that's still, still yeah, but it's poor. two games. Still like you poor, just though, made it like since September. No, <laughs> it's two matches. It's 180 minutes. February, though, right? It's, it's two matches. It don't matter. It does matter. It does. The context of it being two matches matters. It was a shocking performance at Anfield. Shocking. It was a shocking performance. Our away form has been poor. There are no yeah. two ways around it. Our home form has been sensational, and that's what you know. good seasons are built on. But the away form has to improve. I think some of uh, Ten Hag's decision-making, uh, Rio, I'm, I've not been too She's keen on. I've said, again. Pardon, after sorry? yesterday saying he wasn't going to be hasty, 
I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being hasty. It's okay to call out someone if you reckon that some of their decisions are a what bit you, flaky. What decision do you think? I just don't good? see how Anthony keeps starting. I'm not trying to single out one player because I know that it's a collective thing as a team. I'm not saying that the people underneath him have, you know, been like shining bright as well. But so there you go. You no, 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 question. no. But I still believe that since Sancho's come back, he's deserved more of an opportunity. I disagree. Sancho was Why? equally been poor. Yeah, Anthony, not been, Anthony arguably, out of the two of them yesterday, was better than Sancho. So you digging Anthony straight no, out no, no, is, no. is wrong. But it's the truth that when you look, you look at his play, very, very predictable. I look, I even recorded bits and bobs watching the match. I thought, where's he going? Oh, you know he's going to come. All right, yeah, fine. But no. yesterday he was probably the, him, Marcus, Sancho, Anthony was probably the one that stood out, about out above the three of them. Rash was injured though, so he gets a, he gets a bit of grace. Um, Marshall, Marshall did do okay. Cleared one off the line. I should hope so. Great First time we've seen him in three months. Yeah, no, he, he was all right. But overall, I just feel like McTominay playing as a ten. Rio, was, did that shock you? I was more shocked that Fred didn't play in a mm. game like that. Again, like I said understanding what's needed and what's required on this game. Fred, he has the energy, he has the legs, he has the tenacity. When you're at St. James's, you've got to have people that want to get around people and understand that it's going to be a physical game and be up for it and have that energy. One thing, you can criticise Fred all you want for everything, but energy and sacrifice and applying himself isn't something that you can throw at him as a negative. Those, they're the things that come with Fred as he's, he's best at, at, at part of his game. So I was really surprised that he didn't start the game, but I just feel as, as a whole, as, as a whole team, like, like Jacob said, at the first goal, looking at each other, everyone's pointing, it's you, 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 rather than someone or a couple of them taking the ball by the horns and saying, right, come on, this is what we're doing. Um, and I, you look at the, the, the Newcastle team, there's a lot of English, British boys in that, in that, in that squad as well, um, who, are, who are main bodies in that squad. You can tell that, make sure people understand what's needed. The manager makes sure that this team are up at it every game, especially at St. James's. They don't disappoint in that department. And May United didn't have enough of them people in that squad to make pe make people get right ready for it because there's certain stadiums that you go to in the Premier League that you know before anything you've got to graft, and St James's when they're up for it is one of them. But I'm not really buying that Rio because it's like you're. What are you actually saying that the players don't know how big it is to play at St James's Park? I'm just trying to like clarify what you're saying here because if you look at, for example, the back five, the hair who done fantastically well, it could have been a pass the pad situation like the Liverpool game. Honestly, you were it was close, bro. <laughs> it really was close. But if you're looking at Varane Martinez, those guys know what it is like to play at big games. Yes, they might not have massive experience playing at St James's Park, but they know a big game. You know, you got Dalot, who he's been at the club long enough. Luke Shaw, he came out and he, he had a chat afterwards. You know, no, that, no, no. It's, know. Not, it's not. It's not about. It's not about individuals. It's about as a collective. When you go in a change room, even the night before, is making sure people are aware. We used to have games sometimes, and we might have had a, an influx of three or four players coming in the window. There be players in our squad during that week going up to that players, and you know that like this is a, this is a big game. I don't know if you know about this game. I don't know if you know about going to Bolton away, but be ready. I don't know if you know about going Stoke on a, on a cold and wet Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know if you know about that, but just make sure you pull your socks right up and you've got your studs on and you're ready to rock and roll. Because there's certain games in the calendar that you know. You know Newcastle, Eddie Howe's Newcastle, are going to run like mad and be up for it. This game, at St. James is going for fourth place. Are enough of them conversations being had in the change room? Now, if they wasn't, they need to make sure that next time they don't fall short in that department. Who who did you have to have that conversation with? Loads of people. Anyone coming in Jason Park, um, 
Nando, I mean, Nani, Anderson, um, the list can go on. Berber, when you come, like coming to May United even and going to certain grounds is different, even if you was at Spurs, maybe. Do you know what I mean? It's just a different, the, di the requirements are different there. Like loads of all the new signings will get told. It ain't just, it won't just be me telling them. Giggsy will be going around. Gary Neville, like Roy Keane earlier. Like all the players will be sitting there going to make sure, making sure, because you know that if there's a player in your site 11 who's new to this and don't understand the requirements, they're going to get hurt. Patrice, we had Patrice everyone last, the other week, didn't we? He mm -hmm. goes to City and plays in the game and gets dragged off at half time. Didn't understand what was needed. Weren't ready for it. Didn't realise. It can happen. But if it happens to 11 of you, you get beat. Yeah. As a defender, what was that defending about yesterday? We saw United getting overloaded at the back stick with just a low trying to mark three. Uh, there was 4v4 in the back line with midfield, nowhere to be seen. Mm. Like I could understand the inclusion of McTominay if it's just to sit in front and protect because of some of the high and long balls that you're getting in off Newcastle. Mm. But there was just a big gap in front of the uh, the back four, a huge gap. Yeah, and then they were well. getting forward in numbers and it, they were just completely overloading us. Even that goal, the the, the, the one when the Dallas at the back post and three against him, if you look at the, the play leading up to that, players are just following the ball. They're forgetting their, their man they're marking. They, they, when, before the ball goes in, right, into the middle of the park and it comes out and goes wide. It's like they've got a back four in place and a couple of people in front. They look all right. As soon as the ball goes into the forward and it comes out again, everyone just follows the ball and leaves Dallow on his own at the back post. You're sitting there going like, that's just a lack of concentration. That's a lack of respect for your opponents. And that's a lack of actually understanding where you are. Like You, got, you know they're going to put the ball in your box. You know you're going to be under pressure. Be ready for it. It's just It was very naive, the performance it seemed yesterday. Very naive. And I just hope that it's not too late to really turn back and go get back to what we were seeing with Man United before this, before the break, before we had the last couple of games we've had where we haven't performed. Top four is seriously in doubt at the moment, guys. I don't know if you guys are I, I don't think it's in doubt. I just think it's up for grabs now. We were looking in a really good position. Now it's a lottery who's going to get there because no one's got any real, real vein of form at the minute. I think it is in doubt. I think you've got Newcastle and Spurs. They're only playing once a week. They've got a fairly easy ride. Obviously, they've got difficult fixtures and, and stuff in the way, but they've got a fairly easy ride of one game a week between now and the end of the season. United have still got FA Cup that they're fighting for, where you would expect us to get through the next round and have a final awaiting for us. You, you've got Europa League where there's like 25 games left to play in that. Like United have got a squad that, to be honest, started looking like it was really showing some creaks against Liverpool and against Newcastle. I think it is in doubt. It's not as easy. You think I think United's best bet in qualifying for the Champions League is actually Europa. Yeah, you might I be do. right. I do. It's it, it, it's trying to play the lottery to pay your rent, though, isn't it? Mm. You got to just do your bread and butter and finish, you know, third or fourth in the league. Yeah, that's exactly that. 100%. Don't be trying to say, I put all our eggs in that basket over there. And the final, if we get there, it's a lottery, man. We need to get there, finish third or fourth in the league. It's mad. United, 50 points. 22 points behind the league leaders. Who would have thought it? Where is Casemiro in all of this? That's what I want to know. When's he coming back? Well when, he, well, when he doesn't play, we don't win. Simple as. But shit when he doesn't play. And it's it's mad. The this is what I was talking to the other week when you're saying about if it's if it goes down to the impact that a one individual player has on a team, 
you tell me another player in the Premier League when he doesn't play, you see a 50% drop off in wins. You know what? Today, I'm all about apologies. Being a reformed man, when I'm wrong, I'll admit it. And I, I, I was wrong on that one. Like, I Good. think I underestimated, I underestimated the impact that Casemiro has. I mean, yeah. Joe Elshi was wrong on. What was I wrong on? Not listening to me when I told you, if you wait till the end of the season, Rio will be buying you a laptop. Yep, yeah, exactly. That's a great segment into uh, Graham Potter getting sacked. Rio owes me an apology because I told him. <laughs> I reckon I your him, apology will come when the laptop comes. not good enough. You know, I said it from day dot. I don't think he's good enough. And I don't know what, what, what relationship Rio has with Potter. Probably the same one he has with Pep where he doesn't ever have anything negative to say about him. Hold on a minute. Let's, I don't whoa, 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 think... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. If we're being honest today, we're, we're, op we're opening cases today. I've apologised about Casemiro impact, Casemiro's impact on Man United. You owe me an apology because I think it's clear to see that the job came too quickly for Graham Potter. I think when you got players in that Chelsea team, like Mason Mount even, even though he's not the first player to say, but Mason Mount, Chilwell, these guys have won the Champions League. When you're coming in and my man's saying, yeah, this is what we were doing at Brighton, doesn't it scream memories of when David Moyes would come to you and tell you, oh, this is what I was doing at Everton? Like, players have got egos. You're there yeah, dropping a Bamiyang, dropping a Bamiyang from the Champions League squad and you ain't got a striker, mate. Havertz, right. needs, Havertz needs 10 chances to get one in. Yeah. What's going on? He hasn't got a striker. That's naive. All right. Do you want me to, do you want me to finish? I'll start, I'll start here. Well, the apology. No, no, there's no apology because you said he'll be gone in three weeks and that was the best. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That Should was have it. went in three weeks. Might as well have but, gone in but, three weeks. But that he was the bet. I, I said that he will go longer than that, and I reckon he'll see out the season. The bit I'm wrong on is him seeing out the whole season. Our bet still stood, and I still won the bet. I'm not saying that he was the perfect choice. I don't. I don't think they should have got rid of Tuchel at the beginning, personally, right? But they go and get Potter. Now, listen, we, if we, we can spin it another way, we've all been sitting here and you hear the media, our English guys don't get no chances at the top clubs. We always have to go foreign. It's always got to get foreign guys in. We've got an English coach doing well at Brighton. He goes into to, to Chelsea. Now, I think, looking back, would you say he would have been a decent choice? I said, yeah, he would have been a decent choice. But I think what really went against him, right, is, yes, you can say he's inexperienced, but there's loads of people that have come over inexperienced to, 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 to a certain extent, right? But at the same time, He's got the inexperience labelled at him. He's not managed a club at this level, which is which is granted. He's not managed superstars yet, which is granted. And then you throw in about 12 signings on top of that, 
who are all big world-class players, most of them, or massive, with massive egos and characters, obviously, at that level. And he's got to deal with that as well. So there were so many factors, I think, that went against him before he'd even started that I think it was a tough, tough, tough uh, uh, job for him anyway. And it was a tough job before all that. So when you compound all of those little elements to it, I think any manager would have struggled in the situation that he was in with all the influx of players that came in at that time as well. Because it's so it's difficult, man. Very difficult. No, to to an extent, I I, I sympathise with him because of that. You know, again, we're being open today. I can take that part of the argument, but I reckon regardless, even oh, if even if, even if I'm sorry, I just think. Chelsea haven't shown mercy to How managers. Many players did he sign? Managers who don't have the big enough profile, they go. It doesn't matter what regime. Doesn't matter if it's Scolari. Doesn't matter. Look at the way Ancelotti got the boot like flipping 15 years ago. It doesn't matter. Mate, it doesn't if you matter. Start baking a cake. Those fans. You gotta need the dough. And if someone comes in while you're in the middle of needing your dough and go, "Where's my cake?" You're like, give us a minute, man. Do you think the Chelsea fans care? No, I don't, but they're all whip, uh, weapons, so who cares? You know, they, and, 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 <laughs> and the truth is, what they've done has worked. For them in a club, you know, since the Abramovich era, they've no, won a couple they, of Champions Leagues. Could they have been more Rio successful owes me an apology. if they didn't have a machine gun for managers? Rio owes me an apology. Who's won more since Chelsea got rid of Ancelotti? Ancelotti or Chelsea? Ancelotti. And he even had a little bit of a time just tossing it off for Everton. <laughs> I yep. don't know. Listen, Rio, send me that apology when you're ready. I'll take it by WhatsApp. I'll when, take when, it by when, 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 my, when my Apple laptop turns up, <laughs> you can get an apology, bro. Until then, yeah. not an ample no. one with, with no you got charge. An ample, no you're going to have to settle with that. No. Talking about apologies. So, obviously, it, he got the bullet because obviously Chelsea lost to Villa 2-0. It was, it, was it was a disgrace, as Steve likes hey, to say. Hey, I'll tell you what. Who'd have thunk Aston Villa could do well with a good manager, eh? <laughs> <laughs> right, Unai Emery's res, uh, results have been phenomenal since he's been mm. there, hasn't he? Who could have yeah. predicted that? He's yeah. done well. But he, he was always a good coach. You know? Even at Arsenal, he but was a good coach. when you wanted him out? No, I didn't want Unai Emery out. I never once said Unai Emery out. What? And you ain't, no, I never said that. Don't try it. You know, like, I, I would be honest. I would have no problem Please saying it. I never said clip. that. Please I think the difference clip. is, again, with Unai is, is pretty similar to Graham. It's just that the players weren't on side. And when you're operating like that and you've got all those players that are not on side, it's easier to get rid of the manager. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what it is. And that's what he suffered at Arsenal. But yeah, no, they've done. Villa have earned 29 points from 15 games since Unai Emery took over. Uh, and yeah. It's only second behind like Arsenal and City, I think. He's doing exceptionally well. We beat uh, him. By the way, how's Ten Hag like the, the, is it the eighth most senior manager in the league, is it? Ninth, ninth. It's crazy. Madness, madness. madness. 12 managers have gone this season and it's still April. Brendan Rodgers has gone as well, man. Who would have thought yeah. that one? Would you, would you have thought that? You could kind of see the writing on the wall when they... I mean, how have Leicester got a financial fair play thing that they're trying to adhere to, yet Chelsea have spent more money on sacking managers than they have on players? Yeah. How's well, that work? Where, where, where do you think these managers go now, by the way? Who, who goes where? Who's oh, seen all these managers? Uh, Marbella, Easy. Dubai. No, no, he means clubs. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not guarantee that's where they're going, though. What's that? Fat Wedge. Nagelsmann, yeah. Nagelsmann goes Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Um, Potter, goes, Potter goes to Leicester. I think Potter takes a break, me. But he, he should get back Potter on the goes horse to Leicester, Leicester for me. Uh, I think... Who else? Who else is in the mix? I think... What Potter, about an Potter out there one? At home. What if Potter Tottenham went home. for like Vincent Company after the job that he's done at... And Burnley. Brendan Rodgers goes, goes Spurs. 
No way. Why not? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Pochettino, Chelsea. Ooh. And because because Brent because because Levy because Levy's not not looking interested at the moment. He'd have taken him already if he was gonna go Spurs. And I think Potter. Oh, I don't know. Nagelsmann might go church Spurs. Imagine going from Bayern Munich, where the expectation is multiple trophies a season, uh, to go to Spurs, where the expectation is no trophies a season. Yeah, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it, Nagelsmann. If you like your career, don't do it, mate. They'll pay you well, though. They will pay you you well once they sack you, but I wouldn't advise for you to do it, mate. Do you not think someone will go for Vincent Kompany with the job that he's done at Burnley? Too soon. Yeah, I, I could see it. I think football, listen, I don't count anything out of football. I could see it. I think he's done a remarkable job there. The way he's changed their playing style, again, that's, again, my, uh, one of the one of the key factors for me when you're judging uh, coaches. I think Car- Michael Carrick at Middlesbrough as well. The way he's got them playing, the way Vincent Company's got them playing there, um, some really fluid, cultured football. I love to see it. So, listen, football would not surprise me if if... if Someone like Vincent Company goes from Burnley after a few months there to a big Premier League team straight away, based on what he's doing. What about a, a Leicester for for Carrick? Or do you think he's like just stick with what you're doing Why in do Middlesbrough? Do this. Let it's because it, take some I know, time. Le, yeah, Carrick's because uh, I know Carrick a, a bit better than I do Vincent. I think Carrick's a little bit more of a fault. You'd think from what I know him, I don't think he'd rush into anything. And I think he thinks, you know what? I'm not going to rush into a situation. They're in a relegation battle. I'm doing really well, getting my props, getting my time on the grass, I'm out of the spotlight a little bit, so to speak, at Middlesbrough. Do I need to go and throw myself into that situation where I've got a bit of stability here? I think you'll think like that. Yeah, Maybe, but that's not to say that Leicester don't approach him. Yeah, No, no, I, I, I'm not saying they won't approach him. I'm just, I'm just thinking from Carroll's point, it doesn't matter what they say. I think if he's got something in his head and he, and he thinks, yeah. I need to take my baby steps and take it slow, I don't think no matter what you throw at him would, would change him. Who's the next um, recently retired player that's going to step into management, do you reckon? Because obviously question. we've seen uh, Stephen Gerrard and Lampard sort of have an attempt. Um, mm. Now they're back on telly. Now, James Milner. Still playing technically, I think he'll finish this season. I don't know, I reckon he's got another season in him, but I think, I'd say he's, he's one of the guys who I think will go into management. Um, Jordan Henderson could be another shout. I think that's a good shot there, Jordan Henson. Any not at Liverpool? Um, who's at United now? Experience leave, leaving the game. Mm, no. Phil Jones, hopefully. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think Theo Walcott's getting on. I don't think he's one to go into management yet, I wouldn't say. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's not no one jumping out of me at the minute. No. Um, I want to move it on because, Rui, I think I owe you another apology. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we saw that Man City beat Liverpool 4-1. Um, excellent performance by Jack Grealish, by I the way. i got a stat for you. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Is, how many defeats have Liverpool had this season? Whatever. Eight times against Liverpool, the left winger has been man of the match. Now, I wonder why that would be, eh? Oh, you're out of order. You're out of order putting out wait, the stats, wait, wait. stats man. I, I, Trent, oh, yeah. You're digging Trent out. I'm out of order by stating facts, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, listen, I, I watched them at the weekend and there wouldn't be more than one or two that could come out of there with leaving a little bit of kind of, I'm, I've done all right. 
They were poor, man. They were poor to a man. They got absolutely dissected by this City team. And as Klopp said, it could have been seven or eight. It's just that this City team were just chilling a little bit and didn't want to overexert themselves. Jack Grealish has stepped into a position now where he is one of the go-to guys in his team. Um, you can feel his energy. You can see how fit he looks. He looks hungry. He looks determined. He's, he's, he wants to get on the end of things now. He's adding stats to his game now that wasn't there before. So people were questioning him. And he's starting to, you, you can see that, give me the ball under any circumstances, I'm here to receive the ball and, and, and take on responsibility. He looks at home now in a, in a, in a City shirt. And the only, only thing he's doing at the moment is growing with more, game by game with confidence. And uh, that, I think that's, other, other teams have to beware now because they've got so many different ways in which that they can skin a cat in this team. No Highland, no problem for them, right? Our yeah. rest, that team did a great job. Uh, but going back to the apology that I owe you, um, it's funny because I wrote in the group my thoughts on Virgil van Dijk. I, I said he's not quite up to it uh, in the last couple of seasons. That's what I said, right? And um, I didn't actually see your post-match analysis on BT. And we said the same thing, man. Like, mm. I feel as if in the last couple of seasons, Virgil van Dijk, probably since the injury, if I'm honest with you, He's not a commanding figure anymore, man. Before, when you come up against Liverpool, just the name Virgil van Dijk, his presence alone. Like I was looking at the stats in the last couple of seasons, which we're going to throw into, into the video right now. Very similar to last season, by the way. We're looking at how poor Liverpool have been defensively, but a lot of the stats are really similar. I'll let you guys dissect it and uh, and see. And you know what? I, 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 I He's not commanding anymore. Their best defender within the last... I don't know, maybe 18 months has probably been Konate. Um, I feel like Virgil's a little bit sloppy now, not as quick, not as fast. Decision-making is not as good. I saw the split decision that you were talking about when it came to the first goal. And Rio, honestly, Virgil van Dijk, two, three years ago, makes the right decision. He does that. Mm. Right now, he's doubting himself. And I was one of the first, I admit, I was one of the first to jump on the whole, is he the best defender that the Premier League has ever seen. I said it. I came into work on a Monday and I said to your face, Rio, he's better than you, bro. He's better than you, you know. Fair enough, you didn't sack me. You kept me here, right? <laughs> I, I would have sacked myself personally if someone was talking about me like that. But, you know, now I have to withdraw that statement and I'm a reformed man and I have to say, my man ain't even better than John Terry at this point, at this moment. I mean, there's at a this... low bar there. So... No, 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 no. This John leads Terry's us on to top, something top quite um, relevant, actually. So on Thursday or Friday last week, the Premier League announced their 2023 Hall of Fame nominees. And I've got an issue with this, right? Go on. My issue is a two-part issue. First part issue is, why can they not give Manchester United anything with the Hall of Fame on our own? Have we ruined that many childhoods because that there's no props business. for Manchester United? It's not good for business. You can't every year have, oh, here's Cantona. Oh, here's Sir Alex. Oh, here's flipping, you know, gigs, skulls. Let me team. tell you something. In the first 20 Premier Leagues, 13 of them went to United. No, no I'm, I'm not saying so you are, You could argue 25, 30 Manchester United people are in there before anyone else even gets called up. No, and Henri. Henri, like, gets that. Maybe, all right, and okay. maybe Burkamp as well. Like, they slide in there. Either way. But there should be a massive, overwhelming... Manchester United party with a couple of friends, right? <laughs> but that's not... They've tried to make it, like, proper, equal, and this, that, and the other, yeah. right? Sir Alex Ferguson, 13 titles. 
two three-peats, multiple doubles, multiple times he's retained it. They can't even give Sir Alex Ferguson, there you go, the first manager inducted into the Hall of Fame. They have to bring fucking Arsene Wenger along, who I like and respect, but why are you putting them together like these two are the same? It's they business. are not the fucking it's same. It's probably more to do with the rivalry that they had and the respect they have from each other, which means that it's okay to put them alongside each other. No one said that that Arson had won the but same this amount. This is my point. Do you know what I mean? Why can't Sir Alex just get his flowers? Why can't Sir Alex he just has be got going? His flowers. There you go. But no, it's it's not the same. It's not the same. Why can't you just say Sir Alex Ferguson, the greatest Premier League manager we have ever seen? There you go. And then we'll bring Arsene Wenger in in the next round. Why why do it together? Why why wait? Why? No, no one's sitting here going because the so earlier you go in, the same. higher your ranking in everything is. No, that's not necessarily true, man. I just think it was a good moment to pay homage to each well, other. Well, no, because all we've seen then all week is that boring old argument about the Arsenal 2002 draw, uh, 2004 draw specialists, uh, and linking them to United and all the rest of it, rather than just talk about Fergie. It doesn't, work like, it doesn't work like Nonsense. that. Nonsense. It doesn't work like that. Anyway. So we've just had a, a new round of nominations, and I got. Pretty much, no problem with pretty much any of these getting selected. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. But there's five Manchester United players and you're only allowed to vote for three. Go on. Let me see. The nominations, Michael Carrick, Andy Cole, Rio, Genev, and uh, who's the last one? Vidic, right? It's, it's mad that Rio's not even in it, isn't it? <laughs> All right, this, we can vote for him though, right? Yeah, so, I mean, but this is the problem, right? Who are you voting for? For me. Well, if it was United players, I'm not voting well, So, So the Manchester... Right, here's the thing, right? Arsenal, you've got Sol Campbell, Tony Adams, and then whoever else you want to vote for. Chelsea have got Ashley Cole, um, John Terry, Peter Cech. So they're voting for that because you can only vote for free. United have got five in there. So it's got to split the vote for what would be the most popular people that are voted for. So now you're going to end up with, with absolute carnage in there. And out of those five United... You can vote in the link, by the way, guys, if you want to vote for Rio. Out of those five... Link. You can justify all five of those. Gary Neville's done such a good job at like trying to play Mr. Neutral. Like he's diminished his own career that people actually think it's on the same level as Jamie Carrigan now. Nah. <laughs> that, that, that was that was that But was, he's like he has done it. He's like underplayed his own career so much that people actually Who are you picking? Disrespect Who's your three then? Who's your three then? Rio, Andy Cole. Rio, Andy Cole, and one who wasn't even nominated. Who? Dennis Irwin. <laughs> yeah. Why is Dennis Irwin not? Why is Dennis yeah. not in it? You know what I'm saying? Why is he not even on the list? I say he was a better right back and a better left back than both Robertson and Trent. I say Rio, Andy Cole, and Sol Campbell. I would have gone for. I would have loved to go for Michael Owen. Wait, I would have loved to go for oh, Michael Owen, <laughs> but Michael Owen just. Is he a Liverpool player? Is he a United player? Is he a, like, I just think that whole thing kind of like messed him up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Torre should get in. Yeah, yeah, Torre, I, mate. Wow. I, I think he shouldn't get it ahead of the ones that we've named. It's not that he shouldn't get it. He just shouldn't get it this year. How many titles he won? Probably like three or something. I don't, I don't need to check. Yeah, yeah, that's it also. What's the criteria? Like, is it, are we talking success as well? Like, because... If we're talking success, then like Steve says, I'm with Steve. Like, what's the criteria, though? I don't know. 
Well, what has Robbie Fowler on this list of his I success? I think if it's no, not Robbie so Fowler Campbell, was a dead-eye striker for three or four seasons. Let me switch my one. Jermaine Defoe, unbelievable to... consistency. None of them have got a patch on Andy Cole. I bet both of them get in before Andy Cole does. It's Cole, a disgrace. Cole, you should be in there earlier than even now. Yeah. I, I say Tony Adams ahead of Sol Campbell. My bad. Sorry. I'll go Tony Adams. Yeah. But Tony Adams, people... oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I say something? Were Tony Adams' best years in the Premier League? It's a tough, tough no, call, they isn't it? Tough no, call. they weren't. That's mad, isn't it? I'm only asking. I don't know. No, 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 sure. it's true. No, I don't think they were. Yeah, it's a bit mad. It is. But, the, but so you're going to get Tony Adams, who Arsenal fans okay, might even Sol agree Campbell. that Sol his Campbell. best years probably weren't in the Premier Sol League. Sol Campbell. I've gone back to yeah. Sol. They're going to vote for those two players. And I would have zero qualms. I expect Liverpool play, uh, fans to vote Robbie Fowler, Michael they're Owen not in gonna there. Vote of, Owen. of course they're they are. They're not going to vote Owen. Right? Liverpool fans Chelsea fans have got three that they're going to vote for. That's who's getting voted for. Manchester United fans, who are you voting for? Split. Stop crying. Completely split. Get, no. All the United players are probably going to end up there anyway. They're just staggering. Real dipped out before. Thoughts on Sir Alex and Arsene Wenger being mushed together to. Sort yeah, no, of no. I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I do agree. Like, Sir Alex is on his own, man. There's no, like, he, As good as Arsene Wenger has been, don't get me wrong, and I, I respect and appreciate all he's done. But you can't put them two men in the same breath when you're talking you about lot, it. You, you, lot, you lot are just whining for no reason, honestly, man. Like, this, I'm just, this, that's a fact, no, though. Do you, no, do you disagree? No, do you disagree? No one, said, no one said they're like this, though. But if you look at the you know history what? The Premier League did when they just Without announced Sir Alex together. Ferguson, right, the Premier League is not the same. We're talking about the Premier League. The best Premier League errors were with their rivalry, right? Wait, 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 wait. With their without rivalry. Arsene, without Arsene Wenger. I didn't say that. Sir Alex, I, Sir Alex I Ferguson. I didn't say that. Sir Alex Ferguson. I didn't say that. I didn't say, I didn't say he wasn't. I caught myself. I caught myself. Okay. I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? When the Premier League announces them both, like, here's the first two managers inducted. No one's no. done that. They're looking at no, their rivalry. Literally did when that. you think of the Premier League, you think of the Man United-Arsenal rivalry and it's a good gesture, right, to have the most competitive managers there. We know who's the top dog. We know. No one's complained but you. Right, because I think it's a valid complaint. Oh, I, see, I got man. zero qualms of Arsene Wenger going and he belongs in there. But they should call this uh, the Sir Alex yeah. Ferguson Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right, cool. I want to focus on Arsenal really quickly. I think we deserve a, a quick shout-out. I think we, we dealt with Leeds professionally. First half an hour, obviously, was a little bit shaky, but... Once Jesus got um, won the penalty, took it, which was fantastic for his uh, confidence. There was only one team in it, in it, Rio. Oh, mate! Wi-Fi cuts off as soon as he's about to give Arsenal props. Right, we're done. Is that it? Yeah. Tune in for me and Ash probably Thursday or Friday this week. I have no idea what we're talking about. Have you got a name yet? Nope. Do you plan to get a name this week? Stay and Ash talking, Gash. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Joel Bear, Stephen Housen, Rio Ferdinand, who mysteriously logs out mm. when we start talking about Arsenal. I like Jacob it. Murphy, top, top man from Newcastle. Great performance yesterday. Thanks for coming on. And yeah, we'll be back soon with Viable 5. Peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.